0: And welcome to another episode of a shot glass of recovery with your host Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast Two Sober Chicks. Hello, it's a new day. How are you? I'm good. I just finished a workout with my trainer. I do that over Facetime. It's a beautiful day here in Toronto. It's like 23 degrees, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Maybe 80 or 81. It's the first day that I have opened my balcony door and felt warmth, (laughs) like summer is coming warmth, not just a nice day. So yesterday in my beloved small women's online Zoom AA meeting, we read Step 9 in the 12 and 12. And this is why for this alcoholic, it is so important for me to be grounded in the program because something came to me out of that reading as a result of reading step nine that I may have never occurred to me and that was an amend because step nine is may direct amends wherever possible except when to do so would cause harm to to, what may direct amends wherever possible except when to do so would cause (laughs) I forgot the wording harm to others injury to others. And today, at some point, I am, I'm having a conversation with my ex-husband for the first time in four or five years. And I love this man. I respect this man. I have a lot of history with this man. I, I still grieve our divorce. Um, I'm not in love with him. I don't think it's healthy for me to have a relationship with him because of our history. And... I I have grief over my divorce. I'm going to sneeze. That's why I keep (laughs) pausing. Oh, my God. I just saw the levels. I'm so sorry if that blew your eardrums. I really, I I sneezed into my robe. And that was me muffling my sneeze, by the way. Anyways, so what came up for me yesterday is I never made an amends for breaking my vows. And at the time, it was because it would cause harm to him. And it wasn't the appropriate time. And to be honest, I never thought that I would make that amend because of that aspect. But I started to think yesterday, what if it comes up on his end that he feels bad or he apologizes for his part in the marriage? I can't sit by silent any longer and not admit my fault, which would be my hands weren't clean either. And I owe you an amend or I apologize because I wasn't as good a wife as you thought I was, or however it would come out. And so I was thinking of it, but it never occurred to me to call my sponsor at all. And reading that step with these ladies, I all of a sudden realized, fuck, I have to call my sponsor and run this by her. And so what I've come to a decision The decision I've come to is I am ready and willing to make this amends. Today may not be the most appropriate timing. So what my sponsor said to me, which she always says, is what is your motive for making the amend? Which is not so much like relieving my guilt, quote unquote, but doing the right thing. I have never felt right about it. And it feels like a secret I'm keeping. And I don't want to keep secrets. I can keep someone else's secret. I can keep things in confidence for people when appropriate, like what a sponsee tells me or a friend tells me or someone confides in me. I can keep that a secret. But keeping a key secret from someone that I absolutely betrayed and deceived does not feel good to me. And so all we can do in our program is become willing and bring it to prayer in prayer to God and have God decide on the timing so it's it already feels like a huge relief to me to make the amend even though that that will be hard and I think that's a really good indication that it's the right time I know in the past when I have been struggling with breakups or not even just a breakup telling a man that I'm not interested in him the moment I imagine saying that and I relax and I'm like whoo I know that it's the right thing to do. So, this is the right thing to do. It may or may not happen today. I happen to believe it's not the right timing. But now that I've said to God, I'm willing, please help me, please direct me, I just wait for God to speak to me through my intuition. And uh, if he finds out about my podcast and then actually goes and listens to this, he'll find out before, which is actually one of my motivations because I'm going into ministry. And so at some point in the future, because I'm very open about my experience, um, about the fact that I'm in recovery, the way I used to live versus the way I live now, whether that was doing things in my addiction like driving drunk or uh, trying drugs or what happened in blackouts. um, I'm very open and honest about the fact that when I was married, I broke my vows, both in recovery, by the way, and outside of recovery. I never want someone who I love and who I'm in relationship with to find out something about me or something I've done from somebody else. I don't feel like that's right. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's all up in the air and all I can do is let it go and trust and release, right? Anyways, let's see what the language of letting go says for today. I may or may not read it. May 23rd, enjoyment. Life is not to be endured. Life is to be enjoyed and embraced. The belief that we must square our shoulders and get through a meager, deprived existence for far off rewards in heaven is a codependent belief. Yes, most of us still have times when life will be stressful and challenge our endurance skills. But in recovery, we're learning to live, to enjoy our life, and handle situations as they come. Our survival skills have served us well. They have gotten us through difficult times as children and adults. Our ability to freeze feelings, deny problems, deprive ourselves, and cope with stress has helped us get where we are today. But we're safe now. We're learning to do more than survive. We can let go of unhealthy survival behaviors, We're learning new, better ways to protect and care for ourselves. We're free to feel our feelings, identify and solve problems, and give ourselves the best. We're free to open up and come alive. Today, I will let go of my unhealthy endurance and survival skills. I will choose a new mode of living, one that allows me to be alive and enjoy the adventure. So, (coughs) excuse me. In our ladies' group yesterday, one of the women was talking about a situation that's very stressful to her right now. And she was like, <clears throat> I'm trying not to feel scared. I'm trying not to panic. I'm trying not to feel this. I'm trying not to feel that. And it's really overwhelming and I don't like it. And then she went on to say, and I feel really guilty because I have a really good life and other people are suffering more than me and that I, sh- I don't have a right to complain. And I was like, Whoa. What if you just let yourself feel scared and cornered and manipulated and afraid? What's wrong with that? I find my anxiety attacks come when I try not to feel my feelings. And furthermore, to invalidate your own suffering is really a crime against yourself. Someone's always going to have it better. Someone's always going to have it worse. You can feel, one of the other women in the group pointed out to her, you can feel grateful and angry. You can feel grateful you have a job and fucking hate your job. You can feel grateful that you have a husband but want to rip his head off from time to time. You're able to feel feel fear and faith at the same time. Uh, that's who we are as human beings. Wouldn't life be so much easier if it were black and white? I'm only scared or I'm only in faith. I'm only happy or I'm only sad. We're beautiful, emotive, spiritual creatures where we flow. When we're in our, our best, we just flow with where our humanity wants to lead us. So there's no reason to fear our feelings anymore and to know that as adults, we're okay. Often when we're feeling overwhelmed or not okay, we're in our child selves. And our we can feel both, as my therapist taught me, I can be both in my child self and in my adult self. A very powerful visualization that I did when I was learning about inner child work was adult Julie holding baby little Julie in her arms and comforting her because I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have that there, there, let me hug you, let me make it better um, experience in childhood. And so in my mind, and it took some time, like adult Julie and little Julie couldn't be in the same space. It was too painful for me. But now I'm at the point where I can, in my mind, imagine me grabbing her up, going into a rocking chair and looking at her and saying, I love you. It's okay. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make decisions that are good for you. I know this hurts, but I'm doing this to protect you. Or I know that I let this happen and I'm so sorry. And it's been so healing for me. So I suggest as an exercise, if you're feeling completely overwhelmed and in your little kid self, and when you're in your little, little kid self, that's where you just feel, when you're like react, you don't know why you've reacted so big. That's always old stuff. That's kid stuff. Because our adult selves, once we've healed and the process of recovery often does that for us, can look at that and say, whoa, it's okay. Calm down. Let's let's move through this together so i hope that that's a technique that may be able to help you there was something else in here that i wanted to talk about may two three happy may two three handle situations as they come that's what stood out to me because that's what i'm doing today I didn't lose sleep over it. I didn't obsess over it. I don't know how I'm going to feel the first time I hear his voice. It may be a great conversation that helps me move and let go of some of the grief. The reason I've been avoiding all of that is for two reasons. One because I don't think it's a healthy dynamic and uh, appropriate to be honest. But a lot of it too has been steeped in pain. And so I'm hoping that my ability to move past my last relationship with the man I thought I was going to marry, who uh, we reattempted a relationship not long ago, months ago, three, four months ago, um, I was finally able to actually feel completely released from the burden of grief and sorrow. I think this is really good timing with my ex-husband because I think they are very connected. My present most recent grief and this old grief are very connected for me so I'm feeling it like I'm in a really strong place which is why it's so important to do the work like and a lot of people in my experience are like I don't want to talk about my childhood what does my childhood have to do with anything Ah, it has to do with Everything. So when we continue to do the work, and we continue to go back, we heal past hurts. It absolutely affects the present hurts. It's why forgiveness is so damn important. It helps us move forward. So that is a lot of messaging in one 12 minute podcast. I hope you got something from that. I hope you have a wonderful day. If it's nighttime, I hope you have a wonderful sleep. Thank you for listening and being with me. I absolutely love you, and I love that I get to do this with you. So you can reach me via email at twosoberchicks at gmail.com, the number two, on Instagram and Twitter, same, at twosoberchicks, and I'll talk to you soon.